Welcome everybody to the cast from the coast. My name is Adam Miles and I'm joined as always by Josh Lambert and Tim Johnson. What are we talking about tonight, Tim? Oh, we are continuing the Wreck series. Tonight we're talking about Wreck 3 Genesis. Stay tuned. Genesis. Give us the synopsis, Tim. Okay. A couple's wedding day turns horrific as some of the guests start showing signs of a strange illness. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, excellent. Part three in the Wreck series from Paco Plaza. Uh, what can I say? Let's start off with the story. So the synopsis, I mean, very simplistic as it is. But this is what? What's so funny, Tim? What are you laughing at me because now? For a minute there, for a minute there, I hate to get off topic, fellas. Okay. But for a minute there, I feel like Adam went into full Jeff Goldblum. He was like, uh, yes, 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 yes. Like, like it was funny. <laughs> oh, that's I'm amazing. Sorry. Go on, continue. Moving on. <laughs> okay. So, uh, here we have, once again, the third in the Rex series from Pago Plaza. Uh, this one, as the synopsis so bluntly put it, takes place during the wedding of two individuals. We have Clara and Caldo. Um, this, as you begin to see things unfold, you realize takes place basically perpendicular to the events of the first and second movie. So this is taking place at the same time, essentially over that time period. Um, the beauty of this movie is, and it's something that we kind of promised Josh when we were talking about the first two movies is that this is a good half and half. It starts off with the classic wreck, uh, you know, look and feel with the, the audio video equipment. Uh, it's, 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 you know, found footage, but then it jumps into a cinematic, movie and see what i i really dig about this series and i said this the last one and i think i said it in the first one it makes sense why the cameras are there mm -hmm. and i really love the little even though it doesn't make sense but i love how the movie starts off like it's a wedding video a wedding the dvd, DVD. right yeah. like it doesn't make sense like did someone edit this horrible footage together and put it as a wedding <laughs> but let's celebrate yeah, yeah, but just that little, little touch at the start, and like again, it makes sense that there would be, you know, sure. some sort of recording device at a wedding, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I like how it keeps that going. But 
like Adam said, like you know, it switches to cinematic as well. So I like how it really, even this movie introduces it to more of like a transition. So it introduces you to the wedding videographer, and he's got like the fancy Steadicam equipment. So yeah. it's it's not like shaky shaky found footage. It's like smooth found footage and then it goes into the cinematic so it actually kind of holds your hand through the transition too which is kind of funny did you appreciate that josh the the hand holding i appreciate the uh uh cinematic aspect of this film where it wasn't shaky that was great i feel Uh, like josh i love how they poke fun at themselves and yeah. the buddy with like the super high tech equipment looked at the guy yeah. with the little camcorder. It's like, you, you film that, your shit's gonna be unwatchable. Yuck, 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 yuck. You know, like the first two movies, were unwatchable. <laughs> They're very watchable, Josh. They're extremely watchable, Josh. So you know, watch your mouth. Okay. Josh, <laughs> shut your mouth if you like this job. <laughs> um. Okay. So. So we obviously we have the wedding of these two people and we get introduced to a whole bunch of interesting characters which become bits of callback throughout the throughout the movie and it's they're not even really important characters for the most part but like we get like his grandfather yeah who like has like the hearing aids and later on you come to find out that uh the the one thing that obviously stops them which was introduced in the second movie was the uh, like the rites and the and the prayers and like you know the, yep. the the words of of the Bible? Well, he's got his hearing aids in, but they're not even on. So the zombie's basically deaf, and it just goes crazy anyway, and it doesn't matter what's going on. So little throwbacks like that. The story is good in this movie in a few ways. One, it it takes us out of the apartment complex from the first two movies. So it brings us to the broader world and introduces us to the havoc that can occur with this kind of a situation, this outbreak as it is, uh, in, in the real world. So it, it enlarges things for us. Uh, two, it puts a lot of people into this place, uh, into this position. So now we go from being like a group of like seven people to like a hundred people at a wedding that are getting basically murdered and maniacally but ripped to shreds. Fair though, but to be fair, a lot of those people were in the background and really don't matter. Like, yes, I get what you mean that yes, it's a bigger venue. Um, you know, instead of being stuck in an apartment building, they're stuck in a fucking, you know, wherever you hold weddings. Um, I don't I don't remember. Was it a church? I don't think it was. A, no, it, it wasn't was a church. church. It was it was like some sort of like historical building. Yeah, yeah. it was like a hall or something. Yeah, sort of, some sort of hall or whatever, right? But like, I mean, they did all these changes, but they still kept the formula the same because there is only a core group of like seven people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, there there's definitely variants of the formula. Like this is them experimenting with something new. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Clara. Let's talk about Clara, the bride. Let's talk about Clara. Let's talk Did about Clara. Did anyone else get, like, mega uh, Uma Thurman vibes from, like, Kill Bill? Oh, she's, with, like, when she's, like... Rocking around, kicking ass. Yeah, oh. I could see that. I could see that. So, the one thing that I really like about this character is that she turns badass pretty fucking quick in this movie. So, she's, she's obviously... She's scared. She doesn't know what's going on. But then when she realizes that her husband, the man that she just married, literally a couple hours prior to this, is still alive because he gives the sign, she goes ass-kick mode. 
And like, it starts off with her taking a chainsaw to her dress to make a slit so that she can run in it. It was badass. So here's this, here's this adorable, like little woman. Like, cause there's not much to her. She looks like she weighs about 110 pounds wet and she's carrying this chainsaw. That's like the size of her. And she's just running around badass with this thing. It was, it was cool. It was cool. So I really like one of these character story arcs that when this occurs, and I really appreciated the fact that even though like we had Angela Vidal in the first one as, as a heroine, I mean, you know, kind of a heroine, she was, she was the main character and she was just kind of thrown into the mix of shit. Now we get the same type of a situation, but she turns the tides and she goes from being just a survivor to a like a total badass, like we were kind of saying. Do you want to know what, how I kind of took it though? This time watching it was this fucked up her wedding. I was just gonna say that. Have you ever this, seen a bride on her wedding yeah, day? Like this. Well, this she, and she makes note of that too. Right. Like, <laughs> yep. I, I feel that the transition made sense. Like, and. Yeah, I just I I adored her. She made she made this movie like I don't know like fun. I don't know. I just I really like when she became badass because you don't expect it yeah. early on. Like she's just an she's just a a, a a beautiful bride at her wedding. You know what I mean? And then mm. by the end of it, she's a fucking ass kicking, chainsaw wielding zombie killer. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it was. Well, so so. I mean, spoilers, obviously. I mean, we're talking about the movie here, but let's 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 jump to the actual other side of her story arc here for a minute. The fact that she turns badass makes it even harder at the end of this movie. I felt bad for her. What? We're gonna jump to the end of the movie already? Well, we're yeah. talking about the character arcs, yeah. All right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Sure. Don't don't do 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 so, do you. I felt I felt bad for her at the end of this movie, because after because after everything that she goes oh, that through, ending was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking, man. So she gets bitten and she turns. Don't give that fucking look, Josh. You cynical bastard. That was a good good ending. It was yeah, a great I, ending, I, but you feel bad for her. No. And it was even sadder when when like she basically rips her own husband's face off. And they're like laying on the ground and he's like grabbing for her hand and like they die like the Romeo and Juliet lover type of characters. You know what I mean? Like they is, it, it was heartbreaking. It, it actually is one of the few times in a horror movie where I felt bad for the death of characters. You big softy. I didn't cry. You I mean, I might have so. teared a little bit, but I didn't cry. The tears did not enter, you know, out or did not exit my eyes. Full of shit statement. <laughs> Full of shit statement. Fine, I might have teared up a little bit more than that. But still, come on! Don't say you didn't, Tim. Oh, I'm not going to lie. When I saw it, it was very, like, I, I felt it. Yeah, I felt really bad for her and her husband and this beautiful day. And Josh is shaking his head. Aren't you getting married soon, Josh? Yeah. yeah I just well, thought it was a good ending. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a good, oh, geez. No, there, it is a good, a good ending. ending. I mean, till no, death do them part. I was Allison impressed. I was all badass. <laughs> she becomes badass at your guys' wedding, killing zombies. <laughs> I was just waiting for them to get out alive, and you know that'd be the end of the movie, and happily ever after. And then they they hit me with with a right hook right there, bam, boom. 
It was a well, it was a well placed one. Yeah, and I mean, it is kind of the the theme of this series so far is they're not happy endings in any of them. No. Not supposed to be. It's a horror movie. Exactly, Josh. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But it it kind of sucks because you're kind of thinking to yourself you're going to finally get that final girl trope in the movie series, and then nope, she gets one right in the hand. She gets bitten. And she turns. And not only does she turn, but she the, murders the her husband. That they go through that phase in the in like the classic zombie film, they're bitten so they have to chop their hand off. It's like surprise shit, it don't work. <laughs> yeah, that shit just don't happen. That's right. Uh so her husband, Coldo, so he kind of plays on the other side of things. So as we're going through the movie, they get separated and they both kind of have their own little journeys before they get back together. That's kind of how the yeah. movie kind of separates the two stories here. So admittedly, I didn't find his story or his side of things to be as intriguing as hers. It was, you know, good. It had a couple of good jump areas, you know, jump scares and, and the characters that were in it were, you know, interesting, right? But he was, he was... I don't even know how to put it. He was just—he was just there. Yeah, but yeah, you want to know how, what? how I took it though? Was okay. So you got Clara's story arc that's very hyper realistic and well, I, sh- I shouldn't say hyper realistic, but like over the top. What you would expect in a zombie movie, right? Mm. And I felt that her husband was more realistic of how most normal people would act during a zombie apocalypse. You know what I mean? Like, he's running and hiding, going through fucking pipes and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like it was a good contrast to how badass she was because, you know, it is kind of playing against the trope. I mean, I know in most horror movies, you know, if the the woman's surviving, she's the one kicking ass, right? Mm. Uh, But, like, you would expect, you know, this guy to get a set of balls and try to, you know, protect his loved ones and shit, and he's hiding and shit, right? While his little adorable wife is the one with the chainsaw killing <laughs> fucking zombies. So, I don't know, I just, I, that that's kind of how I took it. I mean, I, I kind of watched it this time with, like, fresh eyes. I wasn't, uh, you know, as Adam likes to say, watching it with rose-colored glasses. I'm trying to I be... I just loved it when he suited up in an armor. Yeah, like what the actual? <laughs> yeah, him and the other guy, because that's why, and that's what I was saying. It was almost like a like a historical building of some kind, because it had like like a mini museum and yeah. shit in there. And that's what they did was they like loaded up on like armor with like medieval weapons and shit. It was kind of funny that way. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. No, I agree. I actually went into this watching this uh, like with a fresh set of eyes too, Tim, because I remember watching this like when it first came out and like one other time. Yeah, and that was yeah. like way back when. So I haven't seen this in probably, I don't know, I want to say I haven't probably seen this movie in about, uh, yeah, probably about seven years now. So Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I I think I saw it, I didn't even really, like I said, I didn't find, find out that they even made a a bunch of sequels, because, you know, again, my, my only real thing originally was quarantine, and then I was like, what, there's like actual Italian ones, so I didn't even know Rec 3 was coming out. Mm. And then I saw it, like, probably a year after. So, probably about 2013. Mm. That was the last time I watched it. Okay. But I remember a lot. Mm. Okay. Um, Josh? Yeah. I really so kind of want... Of... Okay, go ahead. Before we get into notes. I wanted so... to talk about the big bearded 
That guy. He was my favorite. Okay, we'll talk about him then. Josh, you ask your question first. So, it's a virus, but it's, like, demonic, and there's a parasite. Mm-hmm. What's the link here? Does is it does it get explained in the further films? I don't... Just kind of I, left think, ambiguous? I think it's a... Yeah, I think it's a, a, ambiguous. I mean, yeah, I don't even think it really matters. No, it doesn't. I'm just right? trying to wrap my head around it. So, like, it's clearly a, a viral, like a medical virus. So the way that they try to explain it as you go through the series is that it's a... They, they, they basically say that it was born from evil. Right. So it's basically, it's like a demonic plague. Right, so it's it's you're, you're the yeah. way that it affects you is it's you, it basically possesses you, but you're infected. So there's a medical and scientific explanation for what's going on to your body, but the origin is that of a more of a religious dark aspect to it. The Almost actual like, think think of it like a religious plague. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, because like... the the little slug thing is like a, a, a straight up parasite. But, but that's that's the other thing is that they're trying to explain almost like that that parasitic slug thing is almost like the beginning of it. Right. That is like the that's host. Patient that's, that's patient like zero people. scenario. That's like if you would consider this to be like a demonic biblical plague, that would yeah. be like the demon seed. Right. That starts this is what it would be. So it kind of actually, and this is what we talked about when we were talking about the the first movies, um, it kind of bridges that science and religion yeah, gap yeah, okay. and brings them together that way. But it leaves it very ambiguous, you know, very ambiguous, like Tim said. So, Cool. I just wonder if we get an explanation down the road or not. As much anyway, as that. There's only one movie left. <laughs> Tim, talk about the fat bearded guy. I love the fat bearded guy. <laughs> That's it. Is that all? Just That's gonna, all. Just going to mention him. Got to give him some I props. Saw, no. Do you know what? I was like, if Adam was Italian and in this movie, fuck that it. would be Adam. I can't even because remember what his he name had is. All the fucking, like, he had all the gear. Like, he had all the gear. He just reminded me of Adam. He's just a geek. Um, that's that's all. I, I liked him. <laughs> okay. All right, Josh. I really wish to hear what you have to say about this movie. Very well. Uh, I love how he just turns it on like a very well. First viewing of Rec Three uh, took place August twenty sixth, two thousand twenty, at nine oh one p.m. Uh, some sort of wedding DVD menu. Okay. Quote. All the shit you shoot is going to be unwatchable. I love this meta joke. <laughs> I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but man, do I love that little dig. Uh, I hope they get all this shaky cam shit out of their system real quick. Oh shit, a dog bite. This dog really got around when it was at the vet. Max. So they do make that bridge to, to Max from the first movie. Yep. This guy's burn stash is next level. So, did you guys oh, see the guy, guy yeah, in the yeah, background yeah. with, it's like, the, fucking, the yeah. 1930s the burn stash? Yeah. yeah. There's a shitload of people at this wedding. A zombie outbreak is going to be tight. <laughs> uh, cutting the cake with a big-ass sword. I better see this sword come back and fuck some zombies up later. <laughs> Is this guy SpongeBob SquarePants or something? <laughs> Sponge John. <laughs> and then immediately next line, Sponge John. Ha 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 ha. 
And the movie starts now. Oh, okay. Uh, foot drop number one. My biggest pet peeve of fucking found footage movies when they drop the camera and you just see a bunch of feet. Luckily, I think that was the only time this happened in this one, actually. I think you're right. They did get all that out of its system. They they still wanted to pay homage to the fact that they're a found footage series, and th this is how the series is built, and I get that. And my next line was, okay, well, now the movie really starts. Okay, so we've entered full cinematic at this point. Oh, shit, it's cinematic now. Excellent. A royalty lawyer. That's so hysterical that he's one of the characters that survives and is like around with the group just this random guy who's not even part of the wedding party he's just there to make sure that the, the royalties get paid <laughs> <laughs> oh man royalties has some serious built up aggression he just starts wailing on that zombie wouldn't you I know because I can censor what the actual fuck are they on about they mention it all through the movie that they can sense each other. It's like, no. <laughs> Fucking all armored up. The priest with a pool cue. Uh, that's something I gotta give props to this movie. They use a lot of just random weapons. Yeah. They're just whatever's around. Yeah. So whoever did the writing for that, uh, you, you, when you're doing a zombie movie with a ton of zombies, you have to come up with creative ways to kill them. And I think this movie did that pretty well. Yeah. They're not zombies. They're just banging behind the chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The cop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quote that is in almost every movie that references the Bible in any way. As I walk through the valley of death, dot, dot, dot. So that, that quote has kind of been synonymous with Hollywood's interpretation of uh, including the Bible. Jesus. Uh, this guy is doing mass exorcism. He's just hitting them all at once. Uh this movie definitely gets creative with the weapons. Uh, Morningstar to the dome. Not mm. something you see in every zombie movie. Yeah. But we should. Right? It's oh my one. fuck. Sponge John with a black powdered long gun. <laughs> <laughs> when they meet up with him? Yeah. Why is he still in the Sponge John suit? And then again, it's almost like clockwork when I have a thought. The next line on the dialogue. He's naked under there. <laughs> Uh, the indie role in a wedding dress, pretty cool. Why are they just lollygagging around? Like, just get the fuck out. If they were... You, you could have been out of here and you all could have survived. It's not that big of a building. But they're all lollygagging, running around in circles. Fuck off. The bride just got a chainsaw. First time, first time I've seen an emulsion blender used to kill a zombie. Again, props to the guy who wrote in the weapons. She's a fucking savage, making quick work of these zombies. Uh, nope, he's infected. Chainsaw's ass, no questions. Oh yeah, she took his head right off. And then I just wrote, add a girl. <laughs> if they focused on getting the fuck out, they would have been together by now. Yes, they brought back the sword. Excellent. Don't ditch the saw. Why did she ditch the saw? How often does a zombie apocalypse affect only your family? When you think about this, like, the mentality of going through a zombie apocalypse in any other reality of which that happens, it affects the world. Mm -hmm. This is exclusive to just you and your family. 
So and friends you, and friends, right? And everyone you yeah. know, essentially, everyone you yeah. love and like. In any other zombie reality, you're dealing with the fact that you just lost everyone you loved, but so is everyone else. So you kind of have that connection with people. This film, like the the reality outside of it, they're just oh, I guess everything we know and love is gone now. Uh, nice call back to the hearing aid, excellently done. Chop off her hand scene. Uh, Love it. You fucked around too long. Now you're all quarantined. The old arm chop didn't work. And then my last note is just now that's an ending. Nice. Yeah. So I, I get the impression Josh really liked this. So I can't wait to hear Josh's final thoughts. So we'll, we'll I just kind of. This is my favorite one thus far. Far. Well, you didn't really like the first two very much, so this better be yeah, your favorite one. Phantasm all over again. Three! Gosh, it's the third one, yeah. Nice. Hi, everybody. This is Vincent DeSanti, the writer and director of Friday the 13th fan film Never Hike Alone, and you are listening to the great commentary of They Cast from the Coast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out Never Hike Alone, which is streaming for free on YouTube right now. Tim, I do believe it's time for some trivia. Yeah, we can do trivia time. I just uh, I thought that the uh, the flow of the show we would have we would have talked about special effects, but that's that that's fine. We'll we'll switch it up. Well, we can do some trivia and then we'll talk about the special effects. That's that's fine. There's not a lot of trivia with this one. Um, I looked it up earlier. Um, so, comic book artist Tony Moore, known for his work in The Walking Dead, uh, drew a poster for this film's promotion in the United States and it was actually pretty badass I'm I'm a fan of Tony Moore's work it's really simple um, very iconic specifically for The Walking Dead um, so to see him branch out and do another zombie thing was really cool um, I'm gonna butcher these poor people's Spanish names and I apologize I apologize my ignorant North American tongue is gonna butcher them <laughs> Um, Leticia Dorella <laughs> uh, had previous, previously played Angela, the reporter from the previous Wreck films, um, in the parody Spanish movie. Um, the Wreck scenes are also featured directors that made no sense whatsoever at all. Um, so moving on. Um, the origins <laughs> of the demonic outbreak are explained in the graphic novel Wreck. Um, uh, released alongside Genesis in Europe. So, there you go, Josh. They explain it. Yeah. Genesis. Genesis. I didn't know that. Um, this is kind of weird. Uh, both uh, actress uh, Leticia Dora, Dolara, Dolara, <laughs> Dolara, and Manuel Velasco. Uh, star of the first two Wreck films share the same birthday, although Dolera is six years younger. Two months before shooting, uh, Miss Dolera, Dolera 
went to a gym uh, with a personal trainer, training five days a week to prepare for the zombie slain scenes, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, this movie isn't a sequel, but a parallel event to Wreck, uh, based on the two scenes. First, when um, Emilio tells Alex, who was holding the camera at around four minutes, about the wound on his hand and being bit by a dog that was brought, uh, that was thought to be dead at the uh, vet clinic that he works, um, and it turns out it's the same dog from the first one, Max. Uh, Max. And then the second is when they're in the control room at around 41 minutes, and behind them, uh, behind them, on the the TV screens, it's showing all scenes, also from the first Wreck movie of uh, uh, the quarantined huh. apartment building, um, which I noticed. Um, Clara and Cold uh, walk through uh, their invest. In, uh, I can't speak tonight. It's been a while since I've done this, so I'm sorry. Clara and Cold walk through uh, the infected guests after they are contained uh, by the priest's prayers. A similar alternative ending to Wreck had Angela going downstairs through paralyzed infected residents of the building also. And that's Trivia Time with Tim. Trivia Time with Tim! Sorry, I, I, I'm, I didn't have my A game tonight. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's okay. Next episode. Next episode. Okay. So, yes, let us talk about the effects work in this movie. So, one thing that was always... Thanks! (laughs) Good night! Good night! (laughs) So, this movie has some great effects work. So, one of the things that's always been cool about the Rex series is that it's always been about the zombies and the general infection look of the of the creature characters, as well as the, the, the general jump scenes, like when the bodies fall off of the balcony and land on the ground, and you get the extra gore and stuff like that. But, once again, as per what Josh has stated many times in the past, talking about the other movies little too much because you know shaking cameras and and it just kind of ruins the effects for him but now we get a cinematic flair to it and it really starts to show off the actual effects work that they put into this and we've we've talked about quite a few things already uh surrounding the effects work which has to do with the absolute awesome uh diversity of weapons that they use in this movie. And that really brings a lot of the effects work out. So you get the morning start of the head we talked about, which was a great one. Oh, it was awesome. Like the, the gore effects when mm-hmm. that morning star comes out, like there's guts and stringy goo that come with it. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot of brain and effluence at that point. Uh, the immersion blender. That's my favorite. That, that is officially Josh's favorite in this one, the Immersion Blender. It, it is. It's a different way to deal with that, right? Like, who the hell would have thought of an Immersion Blender? And obviously somebody's like, it's a wedding gift. It's a wedding. So there's got to be something like that around or or yeah. in a kitchen or something. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just throw it in there somewhere, right? So one of the zombies does get that in the head. <clears throat> um, right down to, even though the CGI is in this movie... I thought it was fairly tasteful. One of my favorite scenes is, in fact, the one where he takes her arm off with the sword. Yeah. And even though it is CG, it was well done. And the after effects of her walking around with the lack of an arm, you know, and basically, you know, with the tourniquet on and stuff like that. And you can already kind of see her 
turning into a zombie at that point because now she's stumbling, she's weak, she's missing an arm, she's bleeding everywhere, her makeup's running, it's... You know what I mean? Like, she basically is death walking at that point. And, and I thought that just the makeup job on the people was amazing to begin with. Not just the gore and the effects work, but the actual makeup job that they put into that kind of a thing was great. I just love that fake out. Because once that arm chopped off, we're trained to know, okay, she's good. Hmm. Not in this case. That's right. They and do. it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like the five second rule don't work bro <laughs> i almost had to go to the 10 second rule <laughs> oh man yeah so josh you said that your favorite was the immersion blender yep tim what was your favorite morning star man the morning star morning morning star was, was great but the thing that I, I my my real favorite thing um was all the like i love when it like okay so we're doing found footage, and then it switches switches to cinematic, and then you're like, "Oh, it's all cinematic now." If you were just here for found footage, and then it does like security cam footage, and I loved, I loved the 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 one where they're looking at the parking lot, and the people are trying to get on the bus, and then all the zombies are going on the bus. Like that's zombie shit to me. Like that, I'm gonna go to this unescapable confined place to try to be safe, and nope. We're going to go in and get you. We're going to get you. You know what I mean? Um, all the stuff like that. Like, yeah. um, I, I just, I thought this movie was nonstop. Um, and, you know, when one plot was starting to slow down a little bit, the other one, we go to the other one, and they're running and trying to get away. And then the other one, it, like, I, 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 I was, I was, I was, I was I couldn't look away for the hour and a half that I watched this. Like uh, there was no pulling out the phone for me. See now, traditionally with the subtitle films, I have a harder time connecting with the characters because I don't know what they're saying and in, in sync with what they're saying. I don't have a voice to connect. I just I'm, I'm reading right. while trying to piece together what's happening. Right. Um, I think the the effects work and the story elements of this film made up for that. For me, anyways. Well, I did find um, having, um, you know, this is going to sound like I'm, like, flirting with Clara again, but I'm not. But having someone be your lead with such expression and emoting, and you don't even understand what the fuck she's saying, right? Like, if you're, mm. you know, reading and all that. Like, I, I felt like as long as I was watching her scenes, I was still... I didn't have to read what was being said. I could read what was right on her face, right? Um, so, yeah, that's 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 my little two cents on that. She she definitely did emote a lot of of the actual story through it. I mean, she was she was upset. So once again, the the extra makeup from her from her eyeliner and eyeshadow and shit like this that was just pouring down her face and her expressions as to when she hears the sound. You know that her that her husband is you know and she she perks up she knows he's alive like yeah you didn't have to read the subtitles for that shit she's trying to find her husband she knows he's alive now she turns badass mode you know right down to when the guy you know actually gets bitten and he's like oh you know what to do and she just takes his freaking head off which was amazing you know like she yeah I agree she she really didn't you didn't need to know what she was saying to know what she was doing or what she was thinking. 
For sure. Yeah. Almost uh, as if Adam shares the same same sentiments. sentiments that's right. <laughs> my second my second favorite uh, gore situation in this movie actually my second favorite effect work <clears throat> in this one had to be when she was turned into a zombie and she was in his arms and she ripped mm. his face off like right she just like like did the kiss and then just ripped his like the front of his face off i thought it was great because then she's like full out zombie and she's like yelling and like screeching and he's sitting there like basically shaking dying and you know what happens next they just gun them down and it was just the whole scene played together extremely well you know for what it was so no, it was a very good ending it was a very good ending josh like that my mic's falling over well pick up your mic good. tim because it's time for you to tell us what you thought of this movie i gotta rate it now i'm going first you're going that's first like, tim uh, that's Unfucking heard of. Well, because unheard you know, of. It's it's Tim's in the night. history of this show. Okay, well, um, as I've said many times, I'm a big fan of this movie. Um, I like that um, they didn't really try to reinvent the wheel with their formula, but they added enough new kind of flair to keep it interesting. Because we're we're on the third entry of this series. How many different ways can we talk about a zombie apocalypse? And I'm putting that out there to all storytellers and filmmakers. It's been done. It's all been done. I mean, different settings or whatever. But I felt like this one, um, I don't want to say that it was like, you know, uber amazing or like life changing. It's the greatest zombie movie ever made. But I think in the context of this series... Um, I, it was like kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, I really dug how it was a combination of found footage. So it's, you know, paying tribute to the first two entries, but this one is trying to stand on its own because I felt, um, rec two was so much a direct sequel to rec one. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I found a lot of the tropes in the first one were almost beat for beat with the second one like it was it was sim very similar movies Whereas this one, one and two are one movie in my opinion like yeah. it runs right together yeah mm. um but i felt this one wasn't that because with the just the distinction of it being more somatic um i felt that i uh attached myself to the characters a little bit more um i felt like um you know, just the, 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 the contrast between, you know, the bride and groom both going on their own adventures and they're two completely different tones. I mean, yes, they're hiding and trying to find zombies, but one becomes badass, one's not as badass, even though when they're sneaking around in their armor. like, <laughs> And I mean, you know, he did have probably my favorite kill with the Morningstar. Mm. Um, I thought the acting was good. Um, I I thought the fucking gore effects were great. I thought the zombies looked great. Um, like we've already said, um, the plethora of different fucking killing utensils that they use in this this movie was great. Um, I thought it was fun. Um, I'm going to give it a well deserved R. Well deserved R rating. That's great. R rating. Sweet. That kind of keeps it up R because. Really nice. Really nice. Real nice. Josh, do you share the same yes, sentiments? Sir. Please tell us. 
Um, I I like this film as a standalone. If I was to just watch this film, uh, I don't think I'd have a whole lot to say negative about it. But knowing that it's part of this this series of found footage, kind of irks me that they did such a good job on this one. And it's like, why didn't you just do this all the way through? Why why you gotta do the shaky cam? Um, the effects were great. I could see them. Uh, the story was great. I wish they, again, pushed a little more on the uh, religious aspect. Uh, I like that it was stopped with like the, the rites and the incantations being put over the speakers. It was like a mass exorcism, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of zombie outbreaks in kind of weird places. Because you get to think like there's something going on at all times when a zombie outbreak happens, be it a wedding, a bar mitzvah, people on a plane, a train, people a boat, podcasting. whatever. People podcasting. Who knows when the zombie outbreak's going to happen? Um, we've already discussed the, the plethora of weapons in this movie. The emulsion blender. I think that may be a first for a zombie movie. <laughs> the guys like, yeah. love it. <laughs> the badass with a chainsaw. Uh, what more can you ask for when she's like holding her dress out to chainsaw off her dress so she can get around quicker? I was like, that is so <clears throat> hot. Right? <laughs> and then when uh, her buddy gets bit, and it's like zero hesitation, chains out right through the dome, boom. Um, I I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I don't know if I'd recommend uh, a third in a series and the first two that I didn't like, because that puts people in kind of an awkward situation. It's recommended, so what, what are you gonna to skip the first two? Don't, but hey, based on its own merits. But here's the problem: that you're not though. It's part of a series. When you when you talk about Army of Darkness, you can't talk about it as if the other two don't exist. When you talk about uh, Gremlins two, you can't talk about it as if there was no Gremlins one. It it is part of a series. Uh, the the fact that it does come from found footage and does uh, is a foreign film, and that's going to turn off a lot of people. I'll, I'll give it an R with a caveat of uh, be be aware that the first two in the films in the series may not be your cup of tea. But if you just want a good zombie movie, this movie I recommend. Sweet. Josh gives it an R rating. Nicely done, Josh. <clears throat> nice job. <sighs> you like the movie that we like. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for finally seeing it our way. <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't the same as the other two movies. This is a completely different uh, style of film. Yeah, it's true, too. Okay. Um, I like this movie. In fact, I like this movie potentially better than the first two. And I'm going to say that after having just seen this movie for the first time in close to seven years, and I've watched part one and two more times than I can count... This movie really does have it all. It improves on the on the formula of the first two. It keeps the same aesthetic and feeling. The storyline continues. The characters are fun. The main character is badass, and I love her to death in this movie. And it has a wonderful, wonderful twist to it with the way that the ending happens. I will admit, I love the first movie and the second movie. But this 
it it got better. Like I didn't like it just it really does get better with this movie because there's just so much to love about this. And I I can't say that it's because it isn't shaky cam, because I love that about the first two movies. It's the aesthetic in, in the way that they are. It adds to the atmosphere for me. But it's just there's something about the fact that this exists in the same world. It references the rest of the movies. It it just is part of the series. But it's like they really brought their A game. It it feels to me almost like this is the story they originally wanted to tell if they had had the budget at the beginning. Mm, I don't know, man. Like I can respect that opinion. I can, but I feel that the movie, the first one, was so well crafted hmm. for the type of movie that it was. Yeah. Okay. And he went above and beyond to do all these things for that first movie. I think I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I feel that rec three obviously wouldn't happen if rec one and two weren't there. And I feel that rec three is the progression of experience with this filmmaker. Sure. See, I see rec one and two as found footage films and rec three over here as a zombie movie that he's just set in the same universe. And I think that that's a differentiation to make because one and two, I don't see as just like a pure zombie movie. That's more of a found footage. And I think what happened was he had multiple ideas. And one of his ideas was to make a, a mass zombie movie with a crowd of a horde of zombies. And that is what got turned into wreck three. And he just kind of set it in the same universe. Yeah. And, and absolutely. I mean, think about that for a second. You always ha- like, if you've ever had an idea for a, for a story or a movie or anything, your brain always goes off to say, I wonder what else could be happening too. So you right. ba- you make one story and then you're thinking about other things that could potentially be happening and they get, you know what I mean? There's all that kind of stuff, but it, it just feels that way to me is that this it, it's, it's almost like this, like you said, Josh, it, it, it could be its own standalone movie, right? Yeah. Like it really could. That I said, Let's say something I said. That. <laughs> that. I don't remember. <laughs> but this could be a standalone movie. So that's why I think to myself, like, there's a good chance that this was, like, the original idea that he had, but it was like, no, I need a bigger budget. So I'm going to do this part of the universe that I had already talked about, too. Like, it could have all been planned at the same time. It's just, what can I do now? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's just my thought on it. But with that being said, I love the effects work. I love the acting in this. I I love a good foreign film. I don't mind subtitles. I, I love it all. This movie still stands in the top rank. I'm giving it an R. Flat out, no, this movie is recommended. No, 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 it's that's, not. That's, it's that's not. It's there. not the upper echelon not... of horror, but it is a top ranking. Okay. Okay. It is, is in the top ninetieth. This is second shelf. This is second shelf. So if you just had one shelf and you had to like double stack where you got the one DVD in the front, one in the back, this one would be in the back. That's what you're saying. That's, yeah, that's yes. Yes. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre right in front of it. Right in the fucking front. <laughs> <laughs> just say. Excellent, gentlemen. Good discussion tonight, Rec 3. It's good to see that Josh is finally enjoying this universe. That, that, uh, I'm that coming mean, around. You're I'm coming, coming around. Can I just say something? I miss Aaron. I miss Aaron, too. 
I mean, I'm looking I down at the picture of the Phantom, and it's like, you know. It's not the same. You gotta switch that up and put a picture of Aaron. Not Aaron <laughs> in makeup. Aaron's bearded little face. With his, with his little goofy smile. Yeah, I miss Aaron. I'll get a picture of Aaron. Tim, t- Tim, those pictures that uh, that we did that time for some of our promo stuff, just give me yeah. one of those. It'll be like... All right, I'll get I'll get Aaron down there so you know we can have Aaron down there. Okay, yeah. like, all right, busy guy. Appreciate that, but like it's like I watched the episode and it's just like I can't see Aaron. I see his badass fucking makeup on him, but I I, I miss Aaron. We miss Aaron. That's right. Definitely no, do. I miss Aaron. I said me. Aw. Okay, fine. We don't miss Aaron, apparently, as much as Tim does. But still. Gentlemen, good conversation tonight. Once it again. Was. Uh, but you know what? Before we end it, I like when Josh is mad at movies. <laughs> so it's not as fun. It's a good conversation. Not as fun. Yeah, it's not as fun. I like, because I w- went back and watched all the Phantasms. Oh and boy, they how do you get mad at those movies? Those those episodes are probably some of my favorite episodes to watch. Because Josh, you said so many things that went under the radar. And I'm I, I, I hope this next this next movie pisses you off. I really do. I wanna see a pissed off Josh. Here we go. His eyes um, open up, he talks like this, he gets higher, it's great. Love it. Stop squinting. Uh, Stop squinting for ten seconds at a time. Uh, <laughs> oh man. All right, gentlemen. Well, we got to call it a night. So with that, thank you everybody for tuning in and checking out this episode while we talked about Rec 3 Genesis. Genesis, as Genesis. it was so wonderfully called earlier. So check us out on Facebook, Misunderstood Our Company. Like, share, and subscribe. We're also on YouTube, Misunderstood Our Company. Like, share, and subscribe. <clears throat> we produce episodes every week, and we're also on all the major podcasting platforms, including but not limited to Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify, with more coming. And we're also on Patreon. Open up your hearts and your wallet and uh, support us. Become a patron today. And until next time, Josh. It's pronounced Genesis. <laughs> Tim. Stay safe. Stay spooky. Have a good night, everybody. See you next time. Good night!